Hello and welcome to the Rooted Together podcast, a podcast which aims to root you in Christ through His Word together. I'm your host, Charles Hegwood, and today we are in Amos chapter 8 with an episode entitled Judgment and Redemption. Now, throughout this book, we have seen the themes of judgment and God's righteousness mixed with and balanced with God's mercy and grace. So we talked about in chapter 5, there was great grace given, as he had said, seek me and live, even though you were under my judgment, and even though you were worthy of this judgment, still seek me and you will live, or you will face the judgment that you deserve. And we get to chapter 8. And he's had these visions in chapter 7. He's going to continue the, to the fourth vision here in chapter 8, which is a basket of summer fruit. Don't think too hard about it, but let's, because <laughs> it, it's an odd word. Let's jump in. It says, the Lord showed me this, a basket of summer fruit, which sounds good at first, but just listen. He asked me in verse 2, what do you see, Amos? And I replied, a basket of summer fruit. And the Lord said to me, the end has come for my people Israel. I will no longer spare them. In the day, the temple songs will become wailing. This is the Lord's declaration. Many dead bodies thrown everywhere. Silence. Hear this, you who trample on the needy and do away with the poor of the land, asking, when will the new, when will the, when will the new moon be over so that we might sell grain again and the Sabbath over so that we might market wheat. We can reduce the measure while increasing the price and cheat with dishonest scales. We can buy the poor with silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, and we can even sell the chaff. Now, what is happening in chapter uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 6? Well, he has his vision of summer fruit, and the reason why I said it's kind of a weird one is because within that vision, God's pronouncement of that vision or his explanation of that vision is the end has come. I don't know, maybe that has the connection of summer fruit being the end of the harvest season. I'm not really sure why summer fruit equals the end, but for Amos, God explains that this means it's the end of my people. He talks about dead bodies everywhere, silence. Now, that's within the context of their singing song. So, Let's explain that a little bit in verses 1 through 6. What is happening in in Israel at this time is there is great injustice. We've talked about that through chapters 1 through 7. There's great dishonesty. There's great uh, just people are bad. They're cheating each other. They're oppressing the poor and the needy. There is grave injustice happening in God's people. These are people who come to temple or, well, in this case, they're not going to the temple in Jerusalem, but they're going to what sufficed as a temple in Samaria or in at that time in Israel, the northern kingdom, and they would sing the songs. This is like going to church every Sunday and singing the worship songs. And yet God says, I don't want these songs. He says, the songs will end. I will no longer spare them. Now that's that's interesting. Why? Why would he say that? Well, because there's songs which are now become wailing because they are singing these songs of worship. They're offering these sacrifices of worship with a heart of stone. So God says, silence. There will be silence. The, the music will stop. Why? For this reason. Because they trample on the needy and they do away with the poor of the land. 
they go to the festivals. These are festivals meant to worship a holy God. And their one thought is, when is this going to be over that I can start selling stuff again? When is the Sabbath going to be over? When can worship cease so that I can start making money again? That's their attitude. And, and it goes even further that they're like, we want to increase the price and decrease the amount we're giving people. We, that's, that's what he means by dishonest scales. They're going to show a weight that isn't real. So like if it weighed 50 pounds, they're going to show 100 pounds and they're going to sell it for 100 pounds. And that's cheating people. It's dishonesty. It's lying. It's injustice because the poor need that to live. And, and you're going to weigh the scales even harder against them. And in fact, they buy the poor with silver and the needy with just a pair of sandals. And they're even talking about selling chaff, which is the leftovers after the wheat harvest. This is not stuff that's usable, and they're going to sell it as usable, furthering what they're doing in oppression and injustice. So God is saying, I'm going to destroy them because of these things. Even in their worship, it's fake. In their hearts, they just can't wait to get back to being dishonest and cheating people. They're earning those that judgment. They're earning their wages. And the Romans, you know, Paul says the wages of sin is death. And God is pronouncing death to these people. And they earn it. We must be careful in our time. So we go, well, we don't have a temple and we don't sing songs. We don't celebrate the new moon and the Sabbath. We call that Sunday, uh, even though the Sabbath was on Saturday. We don't celebrate it the same way. Well, right. But make the connections to today. Cross the time bridge, the cultural bridge into today's world. What does that look like? You go to church and you sing the songs, but in your head, you're thinking about what comes next. You're thinking about how can I take advantage of somebody to earn more money or to gain more resources. You're you're, you just can't wait for church to be over so you can get back to what you're doing, and it's dishonest what you're doing. You're not observing honest business practices. And by the way, for the Christian, that matters. How you conduct business, how you make money matters as a follower of Jesus. If you are doing it in a dishonest way, you are shaming the name of Christ, and there is judgment, and there is punishment. God will judge that. Now, This plays into, if you read through 1 through 6, you kind of go, wow, they sound quite arrogant, thinking only about themselves. Well, that's what God calls out next in verse 7. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, he's tired of their pride, I will never forget all their deeds because of this, because of all their deeds, because of their injustice, because of their taking advantage of people. Won't the land quake and all who dwell in it mourn? And he continues with this imagery of destruction. And it's not good for the people of Israel. Verse 10, let's zoom in here. I will turn your feasts, those things that are meant to be celebratory and happy, into mourning and all of your songs into lamentation. Now, that is fulfilled in the book of Lamentations for the southern kingdom, which is not who Amos is talking to here, but they begin to lament. There is great lament. If you want what lament looks like, you want to see what the destruction of God's judgment looks like up close, read the book of Lamentations. It's rough. And they were going to experience that. He goes, I'm going to turn your songs into lamentation, and I will cause everyone to wear sackcloth and their head to be shaved. I will make that grief like mourning for an only son and its outcome like a bitter day. He's going to bring mourning to the people who are celebrating injustice, who are celebrating oppression, who are celebrating taking advantage of people for their gain. He didn't play with that. Verse 11, look, the days are coming, and this is the declaration of the Lord. 
I will send famine through the land. But watch this. It's not a famine of bread or of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. What famine is he talking about? I am going to silence the prophets. I will speak to you no more. And that is far worse than a famine of bread and thirst. I mean, understand that if God withholds his voice from us, that is a far worse judgment. That is a far worse famine than losing your income, losing your house, losing your property, because those things you can A, gain back, B, you can only die from it, but it's not a spiritual death. When God withholds his words, it is a spiritual starvation, a spiritual death for eternity. So it has great impact. And he says, I will withhold my word from them. And we do see that after Jerusalem falls, there's 400, and after the last prophet speaks, there's 400 years of silence from God. And then Jesus, when he is born, begins to break that silence again, where the word who was taken away from the land, the word comes down and takes on flesh and walks among the people. That's the beauty of the gospel in light of this famine of God's word. And what, what's the result? People will stagger. And they will roam north to east. What are they seeking? Not food, not water, but seeking the word of the Lord. It produces seeking. Why will God withhold his word? Because hopefully the people will return to him and seek him and live. Connect that theme back to chapter 5. They would seek him and live. And, and he says, those who swear by Dan, and they swear by the gods of Dan, and the way of Beersheba, they, they will fall, never to rise again. Seek the word of the Lord. Seek God and live. If not, you are under the judgment of God. So Amos, as we close here, Amos gives us some very important things to consider as we go to church on Sunday, as we conduct our business, whether you're a boss or an employee, how you use your time and resources matters to a holy God. He will judge you on how you use that. Now, even as believers, if we use it wrong, if we use it to take advantage of or cheat people, God will judge us for that. He does not allow for that. And his people, he does not allow for his people to live in a way that shames his name. Not forever. So we need to watch the way that we practice business, the way that we are employees, the way that we are bosses. If you're a boss, if you're an employee, the way you use your time, money, resources, the way you treat other people throughout the week, your attitude as you worship God on Sunday or whenever you worship God, your attitude matters. Are you singing songs but thinking about what you're going to do next? Are you singing songs and thinking about man, if I do this deal this way, I can I can get more income or I can't wait for the church service to be over so I can get back to making money or I can get back to doing this instead of worshiping a holy God. Things to consider from Amos chapter 8 and their weighty, heavy things. Thank you for joining me in Rooted Together and I look forward to joining you in Amos chapter 9. That's the conclusion of Amos next time. I'll see you there.